Hey, what's up, guys? This is Brad. This is Miles. And welcome to the house. Let's recap the winners from last week, Brad. Yeah, I think we did a pretty good job. It looks like we got uh, six wins here. Uh, the Bama spread against I Tennessee. I called that, of course. Yeah. You knew we were going to destroy them. Minus 34. Good call there. Uh, we both called New Orleans at Green Bay. Uh, New Orleans easily covered. Minus three and a half. It was kind of sketchy at first, but it was too easy for them. Michigan, Penn State. Impressive showing from the from the Nittany Lions. Uh, easily covered that one. Minus 10. USC, Notre Dame. Talk about an ass whipping. I think uh, Notre Dame is the real deal. Uh, they're the truth. I agree, and lo- looking forward to uh, talking about them this week as well. They covered minus four. Uh, Cardinals, Rams. Cardinals, I don't think they have a team. They, they don't have a quarterback, a running back. <laughs> I, we said they were drinking from the fountain of youth. They are definitely not drinking from that. They exactly. are drinking from the fountain of terrible, I think. Rams minus three and a half. And, of course, the Super Bowl rematch that we all loved to watch, the Falcons-Patriots, Patriots cover. Oh, poor Matt Ryan. He minus couldn't get three. anything going. That was That was rough. Well, let's get into the one that I cannot wait to talk about. Okay. Ohio State, Penn State. (laughs) In the shoe, game day live from Columbus, Ohio. I've been wanting to talk about this one all week. I was sitting at work looking at you and just thinking, God, I can't wait to talk about this game. And and to me, I, I just want to know, what were you thinking? If you were thinking as a fan, if you were thinking as a guy who runs a podcast, or are you thinking as a betting man? Sure. And I'm thinking both ways here. Okay. But I'll tell you, before I could think about the way I'm going to run the podcast, I think about being a fan first. Okay, definitely. I haven't been this nervous for an Ohio State game in years. I remember when we played at Michigan State a couple years ago, the year we won the national championship. Yeah. That was a program-defining game for us, and we took that. I think this, is, this has a very similar feel. And the first thing that I thought I was surprised, I was kind of surprised at the line being favored by six. That that was kind of surprising to me too. I, I thought that you guys would come in as a dog, even though you're home. The revenge match. I think that offensively they are a better team, but to be the favorite was kind of weird to me. And just the general consensus. I mean, I wear my Buckeye gear all the time around town, and I pay attention to the media, and everyone's gung ho on Penn State. Yeah, I think they think Penn State is the real deal to the truth. And it was kind of weird seeing that six points, too. I was thinking maybe like a three-point spread, 3.5, but six total points. So uh, who are you going to go with here? I'm going with the Buckeyes. Okay. I'm going with the Buckeyes at home. I'm going uh, – it's like I mentioned before. It's a This is a program-defining game for us and for the Urban Meyer era. It's a revenge game. Ohio State 24-17, so we will cover. Okay. I think we'll win by a touchdown. The last 11 games that Penn State and Ohio State have played in Columbus, Penn State has only won twice, and they're 2-9 and nine against the spread. Yes. Now, I understand this is the best Penn State team that we've seen probably since the 80s. Definitely. But at the same time, I'm confident in JT Barrett's ability to run this offense. What I've seen from him in the last four games, he is the best he has looked in his four years at Ohio State. And not only that, he has the highest quarterback rating of his career right now. Yes. Sitting at 21 touchdowns and only one interception. This Ohio State offense since the Oklahoma game, 619 yards of offense per game. I think it's beautiful. It's great to see him out there balling. And since that loss, he does have the best QBR rating right now. And 72% completed passes. People are saying JT Barrett is playing at an all-time high. And I, I have to agree. When I was thinking of this game, I was just comparing players, right? I was saying, let's do matchups. Let's do Trace McSorley okay. versus JT Barrett. And the way 
that JT Barrett is playing right now, I, I give the edge to JT Barrett. So next, I think about running backs. And we got Saquon Barkley versus J.K. Dobbins. And Can I give you a blind resume? Yes. Brad, one of these running backs has 775 rushing yards. Okay. Five touchdowns. The other running back has 757 rushing yards and eight touchdowns. Pretty similar. Very similar. And I don't know if I'm buying into the J.K. Dobbins hype now, but I think I'm going to go advantage Ohio State. And why do you say that? I say that because J.K. Dobbins has more speed, and Barkley, he's getting to the point where he has more pressure than Dobbins. Dobbins is coming in with absolutely no pressure. If he underperforms, oh well. But if Barkley underperforms, that team is not there, and that weighs on you, especially in a big game away. And by the way, Barkley was the one with eight touchdowns. Uh, He has more total yards, of course. He's a beast in the passing game. Oh, definitely. A total beast. We need to talk about Mike Weber being the perfect complement to J.K. Dobbins. And and uh, the general public doesn't know about Weber because he didn't play in the first three weeks. But since he's been back... Uh, I mean, he had 82 yards against Nebraska last week. And he was looking good. And the one-two punch is going to help. It's going to help alleviate the stress and the strain off of Dobbins as well, too. Weber is the power back. Dobbins is the all-purpose back. And they work really well together. Yes, they do. So I like that you give the advantage to Ohio State overall in the running game because I would agree there. Yeah. But Barkley, I mean, is arguably the best player in the country. Oh, easily. We know that. I was just talking about strictly running, not the back coming out of the backfield all-purpose. Right. But for me, this was the hardest decision. And to be honest, I don't know where my my bet's going to go when it comes down to it. Right now, I'm going to go with Penn State plus six. So you think a close game? I think a close game with Ohio State getting the edge at home. But – the reason I'm saying that Penn State plus six and not a blowout is because when I first started researching this game, I had Penn State as the victor, 28 to 21. And then I started thinking, when a quarterback is playing lights out and he has the supporting cast around him, it's going to be hard to stop. All it takes is just one good throw from Barrett and the crowd and the shoes going crazy. So I changed my mind. And I think Ohio State's going to win a close one. Kevin Wilson and this mesh route scheme that he has in this offense is starting to come together. We have a higher completion percentage. And Barrett is finding his speed receivers over the middle. Yeah. And the offense is the best that I've seen it in two years. Easily the best. I just also want to highlight these last four games, Ohio State has been scoring points. And although Penn State scored in the 40s versus um, Michigan, I don't think that they're going to be able to keep up offensively the way Ohio State's. Let's just look at it. 45 points versus UNLV, 56 versus Rutgers, 62 versus Maryland, 56 versus Nebraska. It's just it's insane to think about. And what makes this game so interesting, it's not just the hype. On the other side of the ball, we have two top 10 scoring defenses. Yes. Penn State's number one, Ohio State number 10. Great front sevens on both sides. So I'm looking forward to it. So uh, I, I'm glad we, we are on different pages, but the same page when it comes to picking the winner. 
because I, I still think Ohio State's going to win. You still think Ohio State's going to win. Now we're just talking. To, it's a matter of points. And, and it's whether or not they'll cover. And yeah. I'll tell you, part of the reason why I have them covering is because I don't want to have them win by three because I don't want a repeat of last year with the special teams nightmare. <laughs> That was a blocked punt and a blocked field goal in the same uh, quarter. That was uh, that was fun to watch because I, so, I had I have no relation to either team. So sure. All right. Well, uh, I'll be excited for that one, and yeah. you better believe I'll be up early, Brad, for that <laughs> one. I'm uh, really excited. So uh, coming up here next, uh, let's go ahead and talk about the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. This is a good one here because Notre Dame proved last week that they are relevant, that they are real, and they are good. They destroyed USC forty nine fourteen. Yeah, and it's kind of cool to see these recruits for Brian Kelly really come together yeah, in is. his offense. I mean, this is almost like the Cincinnati team that we saw um, with Brian Kelly yeah, back in the day. I definitely. mean, this this rushing attack, the spread offense, it's it's all clicking at the same time. They're running the ball so effectively. It's, it's kind of like watching a beautiful painting being painted because we're seeing them come together right before our eyes the duo of josh adams and brandon wimbush on the ground adams in his last three games 468 yards six touchdowns beast and i think he's averaging like 11 yards a carry this year it's disgusting and once again we're gonna say it like we said it last week when's his name gonna come up in the heisman talk yeah like i mean you there's gotta be a point where you're thinking his name has to come up because they have quality wins and he's done well against quality opponents. And that's where I'm surprised. Uh, I've read some articles this week about Notre Dame maybe not being a player uh, in this playoff conversation. How can they not be? How? Th- their one loss was to an a, an elite team. An elite Georgia team. Elite. And what they lose by, I think it was one, like one, one point. point. That's, God, I, I don't understand what's going on. Like, how do you leave them out? What do they have to do? Do they have to knock off the number one team every week for them to get credit. They they went and embarrassed USC. A good USC team. A good USC team. So on the other side of the ball, we have North Carolina State. And North Carolina State, they're the real deal too. So I think this is going to be another situation where we're going to see how real Notre Dame is. Notre Dame's at home, seven and a half point favorite. And I'm going with Notre Dame minus seven and a half. How could you not go with Notre Dame? I have Notre Dame rolling when oh, it comes easily. down to it. Yeah, another big win. I have 38-21. And I just want to compare games. I, I, I don't really like doing this, but when it comes to putting my money down, if you look at um, North Carolina State versus South Carolina, I don't think South Carolina is that talented. They lost 28-35. I know it was early in the season. All right, now we're going to go Notre Dame versus the SEC when they lost to Georgia. Georgia's really talented, a lot more talented than North Carol- uh, than South Carolina, and they only lost by one point. And I wanted to get into that as well. NC State, uh, their wins are weak. Uh, Florida State, Louisville, those just aren't as impressive now yeah. that they were. Now, that win, that home win against Louisville was huge for the program, um, but I don't think that they're ready for prime time quite yet. I did want to talk real quick about uh, NC State's quarterback, Ryan Finley, because I think they have the advantage in the passing game Okay, uh, yeah, because definitely. Winbush is struggling. Yeah, Winbush, he, he's, he's not – your pure, your pure passer and North Carolina State's rolling when it comes to total offense. Period, and but I, I still don't see them putting up big, big points, big, I don't. big numbers. So. I don't. Uh, but you know, just wanted to give Finley his credit. Zero picks, sixty nine point four percent completion percentage. They're efficient, but Notre Dame rolls. Notre Dame rolls. They get the revenge. It's is this their team? So let's move over to another great game that I like. And when I wrote this game down. I wanted so bad to pick 
against the spread. I was like, I need a game where I'm going to pick pick against the, against the spread. And the game that I'm talking about is Georgia Tech, Clemson, minus 14 and a half. So I can't honestly pick against the spread here because I'm thinking that Clemson is going to roll Georgia Tech. Why I say that is because Georgia Tech got owned running the ball last year versus Clemson. And I think that Clemson's team is they're firing at all at all cylinders and Bryant is a beast D lineman. Is uh who's gonna start at quarterback for Clemson? Is it gonna be Bryant or Cooper? So, so they're saying Bryant is good to go. I, I don't know how he's good to go. I don't know how you just miraculously appear uh heal from a concussion like that, but that's what I looked at the injury report and they said he's probable, but he's good he's good to go. And with Bryant and with um ETN, I don't think they're going to need to rely on Brian as much. ETN is, is having a great season, and they're going to manage the game. They're going to shut Georgia Tech down offensively and roll them. Let's just, let's just think about this. So I think that Auburn's a better team than Georgia Tech. Clemson versus Auburn had 11 sacks. Bryant had four of those. I think they're going to... Oh my god, I'm just thinking about it so much, like how this is paining me to say. Because you know what happened in the national championship game. Clemson beat my my Crimson Tide, and yep. it, it, it like the words are like coming out of my mouth and they're hurting to say that I'm rooting for Clemson to win by more than fourteen. I have the opposite. Okay. I have a low scoring one point game. I think Clemson does pull it out in the end. Okay. Georgia Tech has two losses this year, both by one point. Yes. They're 10-0 and against the spread in their last 10 games. And I think that they keep rolling. I, I see. I don't – I know they've only lost one point. And they're scoring 35 points per game. And one of those was against Miami. Who's actually pretty good and surprisingly good. I, I just think that – when Georgia Tech goes into Clemson, they're going to shut them down just like they did last year. I think last year they, they only had, what, 28 rushing yards versus, versus Clemson? Right, Brad. But if, if that Clemson team that showed up in Syracuse that night shows up here, they're in trouble. Now, we know a Dabo coach team is probably not going to do that. Yeah. But uh, I just don't think Tech is a pushover. Man, I, I really, really do wish that I could say that I think Georgia Tech is going to do well. And I know Taquan Marshall's doing good, but... I don't he's know. I, to just, watch. I just have this. I just have this gut feeling. This gut right. feeling that he's not going to. I don't know, man. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know why I'm going crazy. My parents are probably going to be mad at me for for rooting for Clemson after they got us last year. But all right, well, we're staying in the ACC for the next one, huh? <laughs> yeah, we are. So the next game is Louisville versus Wake Forest. Louisville's the three point favorite, and Louisville did us well last week. Yes, they did. So I went ahead and I bet the money line on Louisville because. I wanted to put my money where my mouth is. They made me nervous. It took a fumble recovery for them to to win it, but that Florida State defense had no answer for Lamar Jackson. No, absolutely none, none whatsoever. Do you know? I, I you know I was looking. I, I was kind of trying to compare stats from last year. He's on pace to match all of his Heisman totals. He has twenty eight total touchdowns this year. He's he's bigger, faster, stronger, more aware, and he's an overall better quarterback. I like Louisville in this game. I like the minus three. Watch out for Wake Forest because I think they're going to make it interesting. I have Louisville winning close 28-24. Yes. The only other thing that worried me, Louisville this year, 1-6-1 against the spread. 
that's really that's really surprising. And I might be riding the wave too, just because they they did us well last game. And yeah, Louisville does have some some questionable losses that not. I know they lost the better teams, like when they lost to Clemson and North Carolina State, and even when they lost to Boston Co- Boston College. Boston College is a good team that no one knew about, but. Lamar Jackson wasn't firing all cylinders. And another thing is I want to see how many yards he racks up on Wake Forest. Wake Forest leads the league in tackles for losses, but that man doesn't get tackled in the backfield. Absolutely not. His escapability is second to none, and he drives that offense. I think this is an easy uh, easy cover with with Lamar Jackson playing the way that he is. Yeah, definitely. I, I think it's real simple. And... I, I think it's going to be a, a at least a touchdown victory. Okay. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to our college football picks. Up next, we will have our NFL breakdown and underdogs of the week. So the games that we're highlighting for the NFL this week, for me, they were hard just because I didn't know which games I wanted to pick, so I want to talk about some games that might be interesting. We have two teams that are coming off of losses. They're on loss streaks. Um, Atlanta versus New York Jets. And the line here is Atlanta's favored by four. This is one of my favorite games on the slate this week. I think it's a really intriguing matchup. Atlanta has lost three straight games all against the AFC East. This would be a clean sweep for the (laughs) AFC East against the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, that's that's a big stat too. And another thing is Atlanta's defense, when they give up a touchdown, they just let them come in bunches. And what is Sarkeesian doing with the the offense? Because when you're in the NFL, I mean, you're not in college anymore. When they score, you score. You come back and you answer the question. When they played against Miami, they gave up 20 straight points for Miami to come back to win. When they played against New England, they gave up 23 straight points. And Julio Jones and Matt Ryan finally hook up for one touchdown. And I thought the train was going to roll this game. I thought Sarkeesian was tired of people calling his offensive play calling bad. I like the New York Jets plus four. Uh, they're unbeaten against the spread in their last four home games. And in all four of those games, they've been the dog. Yes. Uh, it's going to be a thriller. I think Atlanta still wins 30-29. But the Jets continue to surprise me. And this will be no different for me. <laughs> My God, McCown has 10 total touchdowns. He has more touchdowns than Matt Ryan. Nice stat. That's, a, <laughs> that's, that's very a, telling. That's a great stat. Three yeah. more touchdowns. And he had his first three-touchdown game against a very good Miami defense. And another thing that's kind of intriguing to me is uh, Atlanta's performance last game in the red zone. If you can't score in the red zone, then you can't win games. And they're going to be – they're kind of like another team we're going to talk about later. They're kind of like the Pittsburgh Steelers as of late where they're not scoring. They went one for four against the Patriots and – Two of those should have been scores. They got blocked, and Matt Bryant missed from 36 yards out. Like, he is their go-to guy. He's Mr. Clutch. I've been looking for the defending NFC champions all year, and uh, they're just not showing up. But they will uh, end their three-game losing streak this time. And you think they're going to score some points? They only have seven points in the last six quarters. I do. I I do think they're going to score some points this time. you know, against the Jets uh, in the past, they've had some luck putting up some points. So yeah, it's got to come together eventually. Initially, I had initially I had Atlanta covering, and then I, I changed my mind uh, midweek, and I have Jets plus four. Okay, so let's move over to <laughs> a game that you are dreading talking about. I already know it. I wasn't happy that you picked this game. I did not want to talk about my Bengals again. I figured you didn't want to talk about this game, and I have. I mean, as a betting man, I have to pick this game. Why? Because 
away, the Colts are bad. And it's simple as me putting my money down on good money. I have Cincy minus 10. I do as well, and I agree with you. I think it's basically just because this Colts team is broken without yeah. Andrew Luck, and, and there's there's no end in sight. Uh, I mean, I'm 1-1 one one this year uh, with the Bengals against the spread, uh, but I think this is the easiest of the three. I have the Bengals winning this game 26-6 to six because I don't think the Colts are going to score. I don't, I don't either. Uh, two lucky field goals, they might – something might happen. And another thing that's really big that we need to highlight, if Ryan Kelly doesn't play, there's no way, there's no way in, no way in hell that the Colts are going to score a touchdown. Yeah. But he's just, he's such a, a great center that you need him. Cincinnati takes care of business uh, against teams with losing records at home. They're 12-3 and three against the spread in, in the last 15 uh, such games. Uh, but real quick, I just want to talk about uh, the Bengals' offense. They have to figure out how to utilize Joe Mixon, or else this offense will continue to sputter. You He's know, their leading rusher and only has 235 rushing yards. Yeah, and my dad made a really good point uh, last week when I texted him that you know Mixon was the playmaker. We need him in there every game, but he made a good point that he doesn't know how to block. He doesn't know how to block. He looks lost when it comes to pass protection. I don't understand. And I know part of that has to do with your bad offensive line. But I mean, come on. You're the safety valve for the quarterback. You're keeping your quarterback's jersey clean. Yeah. And not knowing how to block is is, is inexcusable. So even with that said, uh, Brissett's certainly not the answer. I think Bengals win easily and uh, move on to next week. Yeah, I, I have Bengals winning easily, too. I see a 20-point victory at least, especially after getting shut out versus the Jags. So. Perfect. Uh, well, let's go ahead and talk about the Monday night game. Whew. Denver and Kansas City. Kansas City coming off that wacky Thursday night outing against Oakland. Oh, my God. Poor Kansas City. And uh, shame on them. They were playing that game not to lose. You got to play that game to win. Nine minutes left to go on the clock. You're running the ball trying to milk the clock. Are you kidding me? They have a great throwing attack on the other end. You you don't milk the clock at nine minutes left. Yeah. It was uh, just mismanaged, miscoached. Both teams coming off two straight losses. You know, and I wasn't too intrigued with the matchup until I did some digging and realized we're talking about Denver with the number one total defense. Yes. And KC with the number three total offense. That's always a fun uh, matchup to see which one wins out. And I, I think what's crazy is, is why I think I have Kansas City minus seven and a half. Although Denver has the number one uh, total offense in yards allowed, I think that Denver, they're lost. They can't Completely. score. The, the, the problem with them is they have this quarterback who's afraid of pressure, who is not ready. I mean, he could throw the ball. He could throw the heck out of the ball. I give him props for that. He can't find the end zone. And when there's any sense of pressure on him, it's a, it's a terrible throw, guaranteed. I'm a huge fan of Emmanuel Sanders. Yes. Simeon was hurting without him last week. Yeah. You're, you're talking, I mean, that was the first uh, injury Sanders has had in, in, in years. He's been on my fantasy team for a while. Shut out for the first time since 1992. Godly. Simeon needs those options. I have KC covering here, uh, 27-17. Yeah, I have them covering pretty easy here. And KC's covered in six of the last seven divisional opponents, and I, I think this is going to be number seven for eight. I, I think it's pretty easy. And just another tidbit here for the over-under. Uh, in Kansas City's last 11 night games... The over has hit nine out of eleven times. I thought that was interesting. That's but, interesting one. Yeah, but but even with that said, I I don't like Denver to score. I'm not comfortable <laughs> with the over, and I don't think Denver's gonna score enough points. Yeah. And can can I just take a second to appreciate this? 
you know, I'm all for success stories. I'm all for players playing at high levels. So Alex Smith, at the beginning of the season, during the draft, saw them draft their, their, his replacement. What does he do? He throws for over 1,900 yards, 15 touchdowns, zero interceptions, 72% completion. Are you kidding me? In the NFL, it's wild. It, it, it all started with that big statement uh, against New England, and really, he hasn't slowed down. I'm loving it. and I am too. Shout out to all you uh, fantasy footballers who called Kareem Hunt. Props to you guys. My man's rolling with, with uh, 717 rush yards, and we're not even talking about the passing attack is in, in him catching the ball out of the backfield. So He's been fun to watch. Uh, the, the Mac attack. <laughs> yeah, Toledo, godly Ohio. Toledo balling. All right, well, uh, let's go ahead and end it with uh, the Sunday night matchup. Uh, I'm not a big Pittsburgh fan right now after what they did to the Bengals <laughs> in the second half. Um, this is uh, another big game for uh, Big Ben. I, you know, what I want to say was ever since they had that game against Jacksonville yeah, where he threw five picks, you know, in my opinion, I think Pittsburgh has played lights out because they've had two very impressive wins. Yeah, definitely. They've played lights out, but like the Falcons, they're bad in the red zone. But unlike the Falcons, they're worse. They are 30th. In the red zone. Listen to this. Just off the top of my head, I'm thinking a, a team is about 70% scoring a touchdown when inside the 20. That might be a little high, but still, in the 60s is a lot. They're 43% scoring touchdowns when in the red zone. Yeah. And I like that you started uh, with how inefficient the offense has been because what I wanted to highlight was the other side. Yeah. The Steelers, number two in total defense. This snuck up on me, Brad, because I, I mean, I was doing some digging and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> We're talking about the Steelers. So this is why, as a culture, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they are at their best with a dominating defense. Yes, they are. And I was surprised, too, when I was looking at points allowed per game, and I saw 16.6. Well, yeah, the Chiefs <laughs> only put up 13. I went back and looked at their games, and I was like, my God, 19 to 13 versus the Chiefs? Are you... Are you kidding me? When did this happen? Number one in defensive passing yards per game. They're only giving up 147 yards through the air. Uh, Keith Butler is doing a phenomenal job uh, as D coordinator. Uh, I mean, I and, you know, also I had here, don't worry about Martavis Bryant. I don't think he's going to be a distraction. I, I think eventually they're going to have to get rid of him because this team is too talented. They, they don't need him. That's, and, that's and they don't need bothering him. me. Uh, another thing here is I, I wanted to highlight the Martavis Bryant issue because I just want to talk about it. Okay. I, I don't I think Big Ben is too much of a pro to to let this distract him. But yeah. come on, Matavius Bryant, what are you doing? My man just got done serving a suspension and then he's gonna be a diva? You gotta be kidding me. There's there's no way that you come off a suspension and you deserve anything. You better be glad that they're letting you dress, start, and play football. Exactly. And he's playing with the best receiver in the league. Best receiver and arguably the best running back, too. Yeah. Like, what do you think? There's not enough footballs to go around, and obviously there's too much ego going on there. Get him, ship him somewhere, trade him to the Browns next year for all I care. As much as I hate to say it, he's got a legend thrown to him. He, he needs to realize how good of a spot he's in. Yeah, he can go and play for the Bears where Trubisky can't even throw for more than 150 yards. But let's go back to another thing that I wanted to talk about. Okay. We're talking about the Browns. Let's talk about Joe Hayden. Joe Hayden got his first pick. Yeah. The Steelers. He looked good. I mean, he looked really good. And and I think he's finally starting to get that defense and they're starting to click. That was a great pickup for them. Yeah, it was. That was a steal. Yeah. I don't care if the man was underperforming in 
in Cleveland, it's it's hard to perform at your highest level when you're always on the field. When your offense is inefficient and they're always playing the ball, you're always on you're always on defense. You're tired. You're getting burned, of course, especially you're playing man press coverage. You have a score for me here? I do not have a score for you on this one. I, I think it's going to be a, I don't know, man, like a 23 to 17 game. And I thought it was going to be higher, right? I know Detroit is putting out outrageous numbers scoring the ball on defense. They're putting out outrageous numbers turnovers. I think they have something like 14 turnovers, third most in the NFL, but I just don't think they can run the ball well enough. They're averaging something like 84 rush yards per game. They need to figure that out. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I have the Steelers passing defense as uh, the key here to shut down Stafford. Pittsburgh wins 27-17. I actually have Detroit winning. Ooh. Just because they're at home, and I think their defense will do enough. Once I saw, once I saw the Jags throw throw it down on Big Ben, I I kind of believe that Detroit's going to get a couple turnovers, and they might turn one into points. I'm a little surprised in this pick. I'm not going to lie. I I just thought. I mean, I'm really confident in the way Pittsburgh's playing right now. I'm confident too, but the bye week's going to help the Lions. They need to come back. They didn't bounce back. They lost two of the last three or something like that. Or three last five. Some, some crazy number that is garbage. and Against good teams, too. Against they've... good teams. Tough losses. I think they pull this one out. All right. Well, that was good to end on, end on a disagreement because now it's time to go where uh, the disagreements rule. And where your boy rules because he is the dog father, the OG doggy dog. They could call me the Snoop Dog of underdogs. Are you done? <laughs> can I keep going? Can I, one more. I'm the I'm the dog father. What, what else do you want me to say? Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, so you are sitting with 39 points. Oh, After God. a big week last week, you called Boston College. Um, <laughs> we both called Louisville. Uh, Which was that, simple. Yeah, it, it, it was. It was a simple seven points. Um, so I'm sitting at 19.5. So I have some ground to make you up. You have some, some big ground to make up. I do. Which is fine because uh, I think my picks are going to help me get there this week. Okay. Are you, are you ready for it? All right. So uh, UCLA plus 17 and a half oh. over the Washington Huskies. Washington loses uh, their first game of the year last year, or I'm sorry, uh, last week, 13 7 against Arizona State. UCLA coming off a big win against Oregon. And uh, this is the Pac 12, uh, the Pac 12 after dark where anything goes. Uh, I'm baking on the Bruins. Big upset here. Yeah, I I was looking at that game too, and and I wanted I wanted to pick the Bruins because I thought they were better, but then I don't know if I have full faith in in Josh Rosen winning a game. But um, what's your next game? Virginia Tech loses a lowly ACC game every single year, and this year will be no different. Duke plus sixteen. Duke has consecutive losses. Okay, yeah. to Florida State. And Pittsburgh, tough both losses. by seven points. Yeah, tough tough losses. losses. They've been competitive, and I'm liking the spread. I'm liking the point spread. There's, there's a lot of value in that. Duke. And my last one, live from London. Oh, God. The Cleveland Browns are going to go to London and get their first win of the season, plus nine and a half against the Minnesota Vikings. The Browns this year have three-point losses to the Jets. And the Titans, two teams that, in my opinion, are very talented. Yes. The Browns may be winless, but they've been competitive. They've been competitive. And, you know, so if any of you guys follow us on Twitter, um, I did comment somewhere that the Browns are going to pick up this win if they take the training wheels off. I mean, I understand Kaiser's a rookie, but take the wheels off and let the man play some football. So 
I see what you're doing. I, I get the strategy you're going with. You're, you're fishing. I, mean, I have to. And I would call it that. He's All he's doing is fishing. I came here with some locks. So I well, had four. Sure. I narrowed it down to three. Okay. Let me start with my first one. I can't believe this is a 10-point spread. I have West Virginia over Oklahoma State. I almost uh, did this one, too. Uh, I know that you and I liked West Virginia over TCU. Yeah. I remember. Um, I mean, I I like West Virginia. I, I like West Greer. Virginia. I, I like Greer. I like like watching him play. And I, I don't know. When Rudolph is off. He's off. It's not like it's not like normal. It's yeah. like, God, who is that? Like It's like someone jumped inside his body mm-hmm. and space jammed him. Something like that. And so I got West Virginia over Oklahoma State. Okay. Rack it up. Ten more points. So this next one here. I don't know if this is me just wanting to root for Oregon because I love that explosive offense, and I, I'm wondering why are they not better. But I have Oregon over Utah, and this is also because I don't think Utah is that great. It's only like 3.5 points, so I'm just trying to climb. Slow and steady wins the race. Well, you got a nice little 20-point lead, so. Hey, slow and steady wins the race. There you go. Said so the tortoise to the hare in the last one. All right. So I'm thinking there's going to be a big upset that no one's expecting. So I'm thinking... I'm looking around all the games. Which one has upset written all over it? How about TCU going to Iowa State? Iowa State proved that they can compete. They have some great wins, especially the one uh, versus Oklahoma. TCU has to go to their house. They beat Oklahoma away. I have Iowa State winning. I'm getting another 10 points there. Yeah, I think it's bold because then we'd be talking about a college football season in which Iowa State beats both Oklahoma and TCU in the same season. And I think they're believing. I think I don't think that their wins that they have, they, they have some quality wins, and I don't think they're flukes. I think they believe that they're a good team and they can compete with anybody. And, uh, Miles, I want to wish you the best of luck on uh, your underdogs this week because if I get another 10 more points, I mean, we might need to start start. How about this? How about we try this? Okay. I give you my picks before we start. And then I'll let you take whichever ones you want and replace the ones that you don't want. That way you can get a little guidance and a little assistance. That's so nice of you. Hey, dude, I'm just here to help you. Well, um, guys, I want to thank you for listening to The House this week. If you guys haven't, please follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter is at BestTheHoused. That's B-E-S-T-T-H-E-H-O-U-S-E. And give us a like on Facebook. Give us a like on Facebook. Share us on Twitter. Retweet. Share us on Facebook. The more you guys love us, the more we love you. Um, we're going to start coming in with some fan questions too. So be on the lookout for that. A couple episodes we're going to have coming up here. We're going to change it up a little and do some future bets coming up. So just keep your eye out for that. If there's anything you guys want to hear us talk about, the stage is yours. Just comment or you can just uh, go on Twitter and, and tweet us and we'll we'll respond because... We're here for you guys. Let us know. Brad and I are very talkative. Obviously. Can you not tell? (laughs) And everybody at our office, thank you so much for putting up with our sports talk every single day. Really appreciate it. And you guys are some of our biggest fans, so I love you guys.